art is never easy money. It's rewarding, enjoyable, growth-oriented money. Welcome to the Creative Tax Podcast with Mike Brennan. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artist makers and content creators where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram. I'm at MikeBone. And you can check out some of my work on my website, which is MikeBrennan.me. I would also love to have you as part of our community, Daily Creative Habit. Simply go to DailyCreativeHabit.com and it will forward you right to the request page to join the group. It's filled with creatives of all types who are all looking to just show up more consistently for their creativity and craft. So if that's you, if that's something you would like to be a part of, we would love to have you there. Can't wait to see you. Now for this week's episode, I have a guest and Aris uh, and I have a discussion about the Entrepreneurs Summit, which I am actually a part of. I'm speaking at this online summit and you can be a part of this. Uh, and there's a link that I share in this episode, but really quick, it is uh, bit.ly backslash art summit MB as in Mike Brennan. And if you go to that link, you will get a chance to get access to this for free when normally there is a $300 uh, entry fee. And of course, there are always upgrades if you want to get the VIP package where you can view uh, more at your own pace. Uh, otherwise, you can view it for free. You have, I believe, 24 hours to view each day. It is a three-day event from June 24th through the 27th. And anyone who is creative, I really encourage you, check out this summit. There are going to be a host of all types of creative people sharing their stories, sharing their process, sharing how to make money and make a living from creativity, sharing about um, things like even, you know, mental health. Uh, I go into a little bit of that in my own story. So really would love to have you there as well. And we talked today uh, when I talked to Aris about her own journey, about where this came from, and we talk a little bit more in context as far as what this summit looks like. So hope you enjoy this episode, and I would love to see you at the summit. Well, Aris, welcome to the Creative Chats show. I'm excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm always excited when someone says, oh, I want to talk about creativity and art. And so I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, it's my absolute favorite thing, obviously, being that I have a podcast called Creative Chats. <laughs> it better be. <laughs> right. Good stuff, man. Thank yes. you so much. Absolutely. So before we get too far into things, why don't you tell us in your own words, who are you? What do you do? Oh, what a loaded question. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think like most creatives, it's always hard to kind of pin one thing down. So I tend to tell this as kind of my story that wraps around where I, how I got to where I am today um, in, a, in a, like a weird fashion that cuts out a lot of the good stuff that we'll probably do some future episodes about. But like, uh, I think a lot of creatives, they're, um, they're kind of aware that they're creative, you know, super young. Most people kind of have a feeling they're a little weird or different, artists kind of know that they're artsy. And then it becomes a question of, you know, are you going to squash that? Is the world telling you to give it up? Is the world giving you messages that that's not a viable path for you to be authentically? Now, I had a slightly weird experience. I had all of these messages that I was 
talented and amazing and I should totally pursue it, but I didn't get the support in doing so. You know, I didn't get that like, well, if you want to do this, this is how you do it. In fact, back when I was a kid, I just think there weren't that many options for creatives to kind of control their creative destiny, as we like to say. And so I decided that I was a weirdo and I was going to chase after this idea that I was going to make something happen with my art. Um, there were career paths I could have taken that I did not have the opportunity to take. Uh, so I decided I was going to create a career for myself. So I decided as a visual artist, I was mostly in the visual arts when I was younger, that maybe if I wanted to make money at it, I needed to be a commercial artist of some sort. That was basically the path for most creatives who were wanting to draw, paint, illustrate, whatever. And I ended up doing exactly that. I got so fortunate, you know, when things kind of align and you realize, oh, you're chasing after a dream and then this opportunity comes along. So I actually got on the job training as a graphic designer. Now, a lot of people think maybe graphic design isn't like so artsy, but for me, it was a huge step in my entrepreneurial journey that I didn't know was entrepreneurial. Because I'll tell you what happened. Uh, it wasn't until recently that the entrepreneurial word or activity or lifestyle was in fashion, yeah. right? But back yeah. when I was doing it, it was like, what are you crazy? You're going to start your own business and do this thing and go out there and hustle. And like, it was totally that way. So um, I was so drawn to the idea that I was going to be some sort of artist, some sort of creative, and I was going to make it a living no matter what, that I chased after it. So it didn't matter when I started to decide to explore, you know, the other sides of my creativity. So I eventually became a voice artist and got paid to do that. I learned the art of photography and, you know, back when <laughs> actually was, you know, developing photography in a dark room. I mean, I mean, technically, like, that's what it sounds like now. It's like the dark ages of the, the arts. Um, where can you find a dark room these days? I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. that was that was an awesome experience. I started to realize, though, like through all of these creative expressions, through all these outlets, I was a creative at heart. And business was actually this kind of thing you do around the art. It had a process, so to speak. And so I started chasing after that. And I started understanding that if I wanted to be a filmmaker and I wanted to do it successfully, I was going to have to look at the business side of that as an entertainer, look at the business side of that and not just be someone who wanted to create all the time. Um, and I had all of these drives to do all this different creative work, you know? So I realized that uh, I had to think about it in a more holistic fashion. So who am I? I'm a person who strongly believes in balance between the creative world and the life we lead as people who need money. <laughs> you know, <laughs> nobody gets away with not needing money these days. It's the society we live in. And to shun it is, is kind of an odd thing to do. And you're lucky if you have so much of it that you can just say no big deal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm curious because you have multiple interests and multiple expressions for creativity. Like my experience with that was always one of kind of frustration in that I always felt like I was trying to juggle these balls. Right. And if I was paying attention to one expression, then I was not paying attention to another. And I felt like, Oh, I'm neglecting that. Now I need to turn my attention there. But I, I couldn't 
couldn't reconcile having that many pieces at first until I realized like, this is all coming from the same place. It's all part of me. And there may be different seasons where I move in and out of these different expressions and that's okay. I mean, what was your experience with that? Did, was it something similar to that or did you not struggle with that, that facet at all? No, I think you, you touched on something that uh, what I call like multi-passionates totally, mm-hmm. yeah. totally have this problem. It's and back to the balance thing. I want to talk about that because it becomes a balancing act in your life. You're, you're only one human being. You know, there's only so many hours in a day. What you start to realize over time is that you have to learn how to really understand how to um, to take what you're given, the resources you're given. That includes things like time and energy and money and also your creative resources. And yeah, you can't do a thousand things at once. I find too that I go through seasons. Also, a lot of those things were exploratory. So at some point in your life as a creative, you might realize you might have a penchant for something else that you've never tried and you wanna try it. Now through that process, you discover what you love and what you care about and what you don't mind discarding or letting go of. And that makes room for other people to play to their strengths So I think that is us finding ourselves as creatives. You know, I was in the store just yesterday looking at some art supplies that um, I wasn't expecting to look at, but they were starting to roll out all this new line um, at an office store of all places. And I thought, oh, I was thinking maybe I should go and try those calligraphy pens, you know, because like I haven't delved into that for a while. Maybe I should get good at that. And then I thought, oh, but all the times that I actually picked those up before, how much did I love it? Was it just utterly chaotic, frustrating, terrible experience? I said, you know what? I'm going with the microns because that's my thing. I've realized over time because I've explored so many things, I know what I can play to, like my strengths, my interests, what makes me happy and what actually allows me to express fully what I think I want to see or hear or do. So, yeah, I mean, I think we do have to think about uh, letting ourselves open to new things, but not letting go of the things we totally, absolutely love. Yeah, yeah. What does your art business look like today? Okay, so I actually kind of have two things going on. So I have my business around the business of art, and I have my own you know, work, so to speak. And I decided uh, as a business person with a little bit of understanding and knowledge that I needed two structures for that. So if you're referencing my art business, the one where I do my own creative expressions and I put that out there, right now I'm exploring um, music and I'm exploring my background in uh, print, right? So print on demand is kind of hot right now. And I'm working on designs that I would like to see on products. So that's essentially where I'm headed with that. Unfortunately, like we just talked about, there's only so many hours in a day and there's only so many me's. Um, I might like to think there's lots of me's, but there's <laughs> one me expressing in different ways. So I haven't really done a lot on that side. You know, I'm working heavily on the other side, which is the, the art business side, um, artpreneurs, if you will. And that is taking up a lot of my energy. You know. I, I do hear a lot of hate on people saying like, well, you can't be an artist because you're not actually making art. I'm like, am I invalidated for my, you know, years of experience because I currently am not making something for you to see on my Instagram? Um, and, and I think that's something that we should probably talk about is like, what is it that makes people call themselves artists and not? 
Because mm-hmm. I took issue with this when someone actually called me out the other day. They're like, all I see on your Instagram is selfies. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'm not a very selfie-ish person. If that person had looked a little deeper, those selfies were literally about the business side of art. They were actually video stills. Um, but I haven't been posting a lot of visual art. And then I thought, wait, well, musicians don't get this attitude. It's like, wait, you're not a musician. I don't see your music. Oh, but wait, you're making the music. It takes time to do that. It's a very private process. And you don't hear the music until it's released. So why are visual artists always expected to show their work? Why is a filmmaker allowed months or years to produce a film? And they're called a filmmaker during that process. But a visual artist has to show something like, come on, you can draw that. It's just a couple hours. Throw it up on Instagram. Everybody needs to see it. Also, validate yourself as an artist. And I thought that's a funny conversation um, that I almost had with a hater but did not go there because I realized, you know, there's a certain level of self-confidence that I have to have. I do have years of experience. A lot of my work isn't very public. Um, You'd have to dig pretty deep because a lot of my work was commercial. Um, It would be things that you'd have to either go find that product and and find it for yourself, or I'd have to pull it together and say, I'm willing to show you this, you know? Yeah. And I thought that's funny because I do have a lot of work that I'm just not willing to show people. (laughs) Yeah, I, I feel like I've moved out of some eras of my maybe my design, my illustration life, my musical life. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm going to come up with better guys. Just wait. Just don't like don't look at the old stuff, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, we live in a very instant world, right? I mean, everybody expects now and then it's not even really fully appreciated. And we're already moving on to what's next. So it's this constant flow of now and next, now and next, now and next. And that's the rhythm of social media, especially. And so for an artist to be able to enter into that and keep pace for that sometimes is very difficult. Um, I mean, I do a daily drawing or painting every day and post every day. And that's still like, oh, okay, I have to post, I have to hashtag, I have to make sure I'm, you know, engaging with people, all that stuff too. Like that's a whole other side of that takes a lot of energy and effort and intention. And um, I think everyone has to find their own place where they feel okay with that um, and what works for them, you know, and not feel like they have to be slave to a system that they didn't create. And that just kind of is there, you know? I have to agree. I I think what you brought up about like the whole instant nature of things. I mean, what is Instagram named after? (laughs) Instant gram. Like you get to see it now, now and now and now. Um, And also all of these social media that just kind of like, they're like, hey, do this thing and then it's going to disappear. Right. Because like there's no legacy in that. We don't have to, you know, look back at it. Um, And then we have nothing to show for it too, Mm -hmm. which is, I think, a problem for a lot of creatives where, you know, you feel like so pressured to be on all the time. Um, And as you and I both know, there's a lot of emotional, um, how do I say it? (laughs) There's a lot of emotional currency that goes into our creative work, uh, both on the side of the creation itself and then like also facing the world and giving it to people and saying, okay, I'll take what you're going to tell me but please be kind, please be kind. And most of the time people are not being kind because there's just a lot of hurt in the world. Um, The fact that you do it daily, uh, what an inspiration you are. Like when I heard that, I was just thinking, no way. I'm thinking back to my, you know, 
X amount of years back that Mike's been doing that. And where was I? What was I doing? And would my life have even allowed for that sort of stability and effort? And I don't think it would. I really don't. So I commend you because you are an inspiration. Well, thank you. I was talking with somebody recently about that. And they said, you know, you're the guy who's consistent. You show up. And I think part of that is built into my personality uh, and my wiring. But the other part of it was very intentional as far as me having to choose that for myself and coming out of a background of so much client work and so much of my creativity being leveraged for somebody else and what they had as far as a message and what they wanted to say and everybody else's um, projects that I went a really long time where I didn't have anything that I was saying or a place that was untouched by committees or clients or budgets or things like that, you know? And I think, you know, going back to that word balance again, right? I truly believe that every creative should have something that is in the marketplace and that they're looking for, obviously if, they, if that's their intention, you know, to, to monetize, but then also to have this place that's just theirs that can't be touched by all those other things and that they can say whatever they want. They have freedom to play and experiment and just figure things out and let that be okay. You know, I totally know your story is so much like mine because I went for commercial arts as kind of like the basis for my beginning of my career, realizing that it was going to be dictated by someone else. What you were trying to create had to fit whatever it is they were trying to create. Right. So they use you as that outlet the one with the talent makes their vision come true. And then where's your vision and what happens? And so I've noted that there really is a distinct difference between people who create art for the sake of art and people who create for the sake of business or commercialism or money. Um, and then these conversations kind of come into place. Like what if you are working for clients and then you do something on your own that is offensive to a client or a group of people uh, because you want to make a statement as an artist? And this is, I think, that kind of really clear distinction between the commercial arts and the fine arts is fine arts make statements and they are meant to uh, illustrate the human condition. Mm -hmm. Whereas commercial arts are meant to push product and make sales um, and they might make a statement, but it's secondary. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a real struggle that a lot of artists have when they go off and they want to make a business out of their art, but they've always been creating for themselves and they don't know how to figure out what it is people would pay for and yeah. why should, you know, but there's some models that are emerging. And I think it's pretty amazing that patronage is coming back. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, now people can support you being you. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, this is why it's so cool that we have such great technology and we have so much growth in the world over the last decade or so where technology is supporting the artists to do the things they want to do, need to do, um, and almost feel compelled to do. Yeah, and make those yeah. statements. Um, and there's still a word, there's still an area of, you know, commercialism that can be, maybe that's not the word commercialism, but you know, the support, the financial support, fiduciary, mm -hmm. you know, support from people who believe. Um, this is another thing that happens a lot when I talk to my audience of artists who struggle through, well, who are they? You know, they ask themselves, well, who am I exactly? How do I come? Who, how do I show up fully? and be 100% authentically me, someone's going to take offense to some piece of it. And then I'm going to lose an opportunity or, you know, a contract or a client that's going to go away. Um, but I think the answer to that truly is to just keep doing it, show up and be authentic and do you. Because when you do that, you'll find those people who aren't offended by any of it. And they're just like, I get you. 
And usually they're the more balanced human beings with good viewpoints on life that realize everybody's got something Mm -hmm. that doesn't quite fit the mold. Um, And that's how you get better clients. And that's how you end up with better projects and better collaborations. You find the people who align with all of you, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think that um, that's something that's exciting that it's, it's really hard to explore, you know, and you're putting yourself out there. I'm putting myself out there. And a lot of people are afraid to do even as much as this. Yeah. So, yeah, I know we've kind of touched on in in the things that we've been talking about a little bit of, if you will, like resources and help for other artists. So I think that I'd love to transition into your summit, right? The entrepreneur summit. And where did that come from and why are you doing that? Like when, why now? Well, this might be a crazy tie-in, but um, I started this idea, this business idea around the business of art many, many, many moons ago. And I just wasn't finding the thing that fit my life, my, my plans, my ideas, but I had this big vision. I always had this crazy big vision that I was going to change, completely change the arts and creative industries. Um, Not that they're not already kind of doing that themselves, but I started way before all this stuff is kind of, uh, it's in vogue now. Um, But back when I was pitching this idea that, you know, artists and creatives needed to have space, you know, we need to have platforms. We need to have places to go and connect with each other and to do better things. I was pitching it a different way. And then I realized a few years ago, I probably needed to start with a personal brand with a very specific, you know, how do you launch something that touches people's need? Well, as an entrepreneur, obviously I had to look at what does the market need right now? What do they feel is their biggest pain? And I think the biggest pain for most artists is I want to do this for a living. I have no idea how, or I've done this for a little while and I can't seem to grow it or or make it bigger. Um, Or those people who I call the uh, re-emerging artists, the ones who gave it up, the ones who sometime in their life were told, you can't do that. That's awful. You need something stable and you're going to build a family. And those kids can't eat, you know, art. Uh, whatever that is. And then they were, they were forced into like giving up their self. I I consider it part of the self. And those are the people that I started to realize really needed this the most, like the ones who were told it's too late. You're never going to make it. Um, That was something you gave up years ago. How are you ever going to, you know, get back into the market that might be emerging now? That's so obvious now, but years ago, it was not even viable as a career choice. Um, those people touched my heart. I uh, luckily was able to chase my dreams and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't golden roads the whole way either. I went off on a lot of crazy, weird paths, got myself into a lot of trouble, did a lot of crazy things to learn the things I learned. And I thought if only I could teach those who are like looking at a future in the arts that yes, there are several ways, thousands of ways to make a living doing creative work. Um, And those who are struggling through it, all they need to understand is what piece are they missing of that picture, right? All of that comes from entrepreneurial behaviors and thinking. I was lucky enough about 10 years ago after a long time of working in my own business and doing my own things and creating all this creative work and doing that for a living to get into a tech accelerator for um, a program that was going to launch a business that I didn't come up with. But I went and won an, an event, which were called hackathons, and won that event and um, got into a tech accelerator. And that's when I started to realize 
there's a there's a whole codified universe of business planning around something you want to start. Where are all the artists? They were nowhere to be found. And every time I pitched an idea, people were like, that is an awesome idea, but we're not doing it. We're doing this tech thing. And the reason why was because there's money in tech. There's so much money in tech. So people were way more romanced and it was glamorous to have a tech startup that you might get bought out for a billion dollars, right? People were chasing the easy, the easy money. Art is never easy money. It's rewarding, enjoyable, growth-oriented money, but art isn't there. So I think when I got that experience, I started to realize there's all this stuff, but no artists are being allowed in, not unless they're making the art for the games or making the art for the, the apps. Right. Um, and that was me. Like I was the one who came in as the, I'll be the graphic designer for uh, this, but I also happen to have marketing background, you know, networking experience, sales, et cetera. Like I built up all my skills. They only saw me as the artist who was going to draw the stuff or make the interface. Well, that was unfortunate. And I decided to rebel once again. Hey, you know what? Screw you, tech people. Like, I love you to death, but we have a space, artists. We have a space. And I want to bring the knowledge that you're willing to give to all these people in tech to artists. And that's how Artipreneurs was born. I started to think really hard about like my lifestyle. I had been traveling a few years ago. I'd been traveling for quite some time. And it, it just didn't seem sustainable for me to be like planning and building a new thing. After having been in a startup, I know how much work goes into that. And then right before COVID, my life slowed down. I came back to the States. I went to a family affair and I said, I think I'm going to put a few months into seeing if this will work. So the first Artipreneur Summit was born April, right before the whole COVID lockdown was born. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally, it was like I had been planning it for months. We were going live and then the, the whole thing was being announced. We were going to lock down. People were like, well, what do we do now? Well, there's all these online events. We should maybe go hit those up. And I wanted to change the arts and creative industries. So I made the decision to give complimentary tickets and, you know, make this message spread as far and wide as possible. And it was a lot of work. Summits are a lot of work, but I loved the people that came. I loved the stories we told. I loved the information that thousands of creatives needed to hear, but a few of them were willing to tell, right? The ones who had made million dollar creative businesses, the ones who had just started putting their art on the internet and making money, those were fabulous to me. That's another thing that I think my summit, my summit is different. It stands out because I do allow for people who are in the beginning of their journey to tell their story. Mm -hmm. Most people are seeking like, you know, the big stories, the big names, whatever. But I think the value is in the learning. And when someone's just learning something new, they have the most valuable mindset right then. It's called beginner's mind. It's so hard when you've done it before to go back and think what struggles you were going through when you did it first time, the first time. So um, fast forward a year, I have to be honest with you, let's touch on the whole mental health issue. I was not the person I needed to be during 2020. So that summit was a success by all, I guess, accounts of most people. We had 450 people from 25 different countries show up to enjoy that experience, to network with each other and just just so many people, like I still have people come to me and say, that summit changed the course of my business. That summit gave me something to hold on to. 
I've never heard anything like that. Um, and those things keep me going. They really do. But through 2020, I suffered some severe depression. Now I've suffered from depression all my life, but I had never experienced quite the same feeling I experienced probably from April till maybe this April, about a whole year of just feeling like, what's my place in the world? Why do I feel funky, but I don't know what it is. Mm. There was always a label for it before. So a year came and went and I thought, I'm not going to do the summit. I don't think I can pull it off. People are expecting it. Obviously I did it in April. I need to have it in April, whatever. And then I realized I was telling myself bullshit stories. Like always, we always tell ourselves stories. And then I had another change of heart and I thought, yeah, but how can I not do it? It was probably one of the most impactful things that I can do in my business. My ultimate goal, my mission is to positively change 1 million creatives lives for the better through entrepreneurial education and support. If I'm going to do that, I can't do that talking to one person at a time or 10 people or 20 people at a time. I need a message that goes much further. And so I thought I can't give up the summit this year. I did schedule it a little later. So it's happening June 24th this year, but it's still the same reasoning, right? And I've found a whole new group of creatives and a few of my old ones coming back to talk about the same thing. I don't think we're going to run out of things to talk about um, for creatives for a while. Yeah. Right. Cause we we were on the cusp of something. I'm not really sure how to define it, but I call it a digital Renaissance, which is kind of, you know, kind of weird. The Renaissance was a time when people were kind of controlled, oppressed and whatever, but there was a space for artists. I think we have a much more powerful Renaissance going on because the digital age has given us direct access to people who want what we have mm-hmm. as creatives. Yeah. And so, yeah, the summit's happening and it is about how we navigate this thing we're doing right now. I'm calling it the next normal. Mm. All right. So if COVID was the new normal, we had to deal with something different. There's something next. What's next. I want to have those conversations. I want to see what it's about. And I know that if I were in a bubble, my own little bubble thinking, Oh, look how the last year went. (laughs) How would it go for me? If I kept on that path, I needed to open myself and, and I needed to expand my horizons. But in doing so, I want to expand other people's horizons and open other people's eyes because there's still, what, 999,550 people that I need to change the lives of, right? Yeah, Yeah, sure. I think it's going to be a great time of of learning and conversation and community. And uh, I'm I'm excited to be a part of it and uh, looking forward to sharing my story and connecting with the folks as well. Um, so just, uh, you, you said it was June 24th starting and lay some more details on us just so we have some of that and, uh, right. I'll share a link. It is, it is a three day weekend. So mm-hmm. expect Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but you don't want to miss Thursday night kickoff, right? We're having a kickoff party or having some open networking. Anybody can show up, come meet some artists from around the world. The last time we did this, boy, was it amazing. The networking was probably the best. We got to sit and chat with each other, talk about what life was looking like. And right at the beginning of like the whole COVID lockdown, that was a big, important conversation. These days, now we can talk about what we went through and what we're doing next. And I think that's awesome. Uh, so don't miss that. We're going to have that. And then there's three days packed full of amazing sessions with different people. Now, I don't limit this to artists. I think there's some great viewpoints, as you know, with my tech background in the startup community. A lot of the learning comes from people who know what they know 
but understand how to apply it to the arts. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing that I realized my epiphanies came from was realizing that other people have some knowledge or they have a framework, but how do we apply it to the arts? So I invite people like accountants, lawyers, people who do logistics, all of those people, and they come in and they talk about things like mindset and how to you know, be a better you and how to get your stuff organized. Those are the practical application of daily life as an artist in business. So why would we ignore that? It can't all be fluff, right? Uh, there's a lot of stuff about social media. There's going to be things about new tech. There's going to be things about finance and money. There's all kinds of stuff. And it's from all types of creatives. So we're not just talking people who go and, you know, draw like we do. There's musicians. There's people who are uh, in film. There are people who run comic books and do their own animations. I, I just think it's a fantastic creative family that we've brought together this year to talk about these things in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be so good. So good. And this is a free event, right? I mean, uh, people can upgrade obviously to, you know, have access after the, the summit is over, but. Um... Yeah. So due to amazing people like yourself, everyone has decided to be so kind and generous. We're able to give tickets that would normally be $300 of value away for free. Mm -hmm. So I urge people to grab your code, for example, they take your code, they go to the website, they pick the $300 ticket, and then they go to checkout, but they use the code. It's zero, zero dollars. You know, we've all heard of the starving artist, and I think there's probably a few in everybody's circle. This is perfect for them. It costs them absolutely nothing but effort. They just have to show up. They get uh, 24 hours to watch the sessions. So every time a session goes live, you get 24 hours to catch it, um, and then it's over. But if you do want to have a more rich experience and you want access to that content yeah we do have vip ticket options that you can purchase so that's yeah. how that works yeah. it's always great to have access to this stuff and i find that when i'm attending something like this there's always something that's very timely for what i need right now but there's also stuff that i have to go back to and go you know i wasn't really ready for that message or for that information, but now I am. And knowing where I can actually go to find that when you need it can be so, so valuable. Um, so I'm encouraging everybody to make sure that you become a part of this. And um, I'm going to direct you to a link right now. Uh, so if you're listening and obviously uh, if you're driving or something, please don't try to type this into anything. <laughs> this will be in the show notes as well, but I've created a short link, uh, bit.ly. If you're familiar with that, uh, it's bit.ly backslash art summit MB as in Mike Brennan. And if you go to that, it'll bring you right to uh, my page uh, where, you know, we just talked about, you can grab your ticket for free. And uh, I really hope to see you there. Um, I think it's going to be an amazing time, you know. It will, Mike. I think it will. Thank you so much for being a part of it. I really yeah. appreciate your, your, willingness. I think we're on the same path you want to change people's lives to. Absolutely. This is how we do it. That's what Absolutely. it looks like. Yes. Yes. Well, I want to thank you so much for our time today. And uh, I hope that again, people take the opportunity to become a part of this and hear more from you and find out more about entrepreneurs in general and um, just become part of the community and give and receive uh, as they kind of enter into that stream. So love to have you guys come on in. Yeah. So thanks again. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.